0: Hi, I'm
1: Lissette King. And I'm Brittany King. Welcome to Honest Feedback, a podcast here for you, offering advice and alternative perspectives on whatever is on your mind. My amazing wife, Lissette King, is an emotional ninja a.k.a. a trainer and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and mental-emotional release, which means she can help you let go of baggage and start living and loving your life of purpose.
0: And my lovely wife, goddess Brittany King, is a pleasure priestess. She supports women through embodiment and sacred ritual to help them deeply dive into their pleasure. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And what are we talking about today, Britt? Oh. I'm very excited.
1: We have a question from a caller who's like, you know, when somebody's like not right for you, but like you cannot not let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like you know, mm-hmm. but you like, know, but mm-hmm. um. So we are diving into this, and I've definitely had this personal experience yeah? where Tell you. Us. Oh gosh, um for friends who have known me, there was a person who was in my life that was an on-again, off-again situationship for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I know this person is wrong for me, like on every level, but I'm still here. Um, And it was very painful. It was very like, because it was just like nonstop drama. Like when I say drama, I mean, I
0: threw a wine bottle at this person's head, like not an empty one, a full (laughs) one. Which I didn't find out about till after we were married. That was was very (laughs) alarming. (laughs) Find out you threw a whole whole wine bottle at someone's head. I was mad. Yeah. Yeah. This is
1: before you know growth work.
0: (laughs) Have you ever been like super attached to someone? Oh my gosh! Yes, I had um, an honor again, off again. Situationship. Mm-hmm. I was with them for about a year and a half, and it was about five years till we were completely done. Mm. And yeah, it was just like I knew I should not sleep with them yeah. regularly, and that did not stop. Regular. <laughs> that did not stop. <laughs> not not at all
1: just i should not sleep with them regularly yeah yeah
0: and this person like can smell me in between relationships oh yeah. like the day you break up with someone they like pop into your into your phone and you're like mm, yeah you know, why yes. not we'll give that another try i used to joke
1: i was like i feel like he has a google alert on my pussy because yeah. it'd be like oh there's trouble in my current relationship He'd be like i'm here <laughs> It's like, how do you know? Yeah. I
0: have blocked you on everything. <laughs> so Energy is real. Energy and, is and so you get, real. When you're attached to someone, ooh, they can feel you in the field. Yeah, like they, they can. feel the second you're thinking about them or, mm-hmm. or you shouldn't be thinking about them. <laughs> so we're going to dive
1: in and yeah. talk about all of this and much, much more. Yeah. Uh, sh- shall we listen to this question? Yes. But first... Take this time to subscribe, like, share this with a friend. We love being here and being a resource to our community, and we'd love for that community to continue to grow. So do us a solid
0: and share it with a friend. Smash that like button, y'all.
1: Yes. All right. Let's listen. Hi, my name's Sarah, and I'm wondering why is it that we – Why is it that we get so attached to someone that obviously wasn't a good fit? Even when we know that truly it just wasn't a good match, Mm -hmm. why is it that years later we'll still feel this deep desire for this person?
0: Mm -hmm. That's my question. (laughs) Thank you. Ooh yeah. Um, Britt, do you want to start us yes, off on that? Yes. First
1: of all, Sarah, I hear you and I feel you. I love the, the years later. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel you because that's real. That's real. Yeah. So thank you so much for your question. And we are going to we're going to jump right in. What first came to me when I heard your question is attachment theory. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have not been aware, attachment theory is a psychological framework that helps to explain the nature of emotional bonds between individuals. And it usually starts off with children and caregivers. And this theory was first proposed by John Browby, I think that's how you say his name, Mm -hmm. who argued that human infants have an innate tendency to seek proximity to a primary caregiver for their comfort and protection. So let me translate a little bit of that. Basically, when you were a child, you had your caregivers, whether they are present or not. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. There are different kinds of attachment styles that got set up with them, and lots of times we are reenacting or looking for these similar kinds of attachments. So there's kind of four buckets of attachment style. So there's secure attach. So people with secure attachment feel comfortable with intimacy and they seek out social support. They have a positive view of themselves and their relationships and they're able to communicate their needs and emotions effectively. And these attachment styles tend to mirror what kind of relationships you had with your caregivers. So
0: Yeah. So secure attachment style. It's funny. I was talking to someone recently and they're like, they're like unicorns. Like, Mm -hmm. do you really actually know anyone? And I'm happy to say that I, that I do. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's also because we, you know, we work in a really, um, in a personal development industry, a healing modality industry, (laughs) but there's definitely, um, this one is a little, can be a little harder to find.
1: Yes. And I do want to add the caveat. These are based on a relationship. So it's not like I'm secure across like all relationships or like I'm anxious across all relationships. Usually like with this person, it might be this dynamic with this person. It might be this dynamic. Yeah. So the next one is anxious or preoccupied attachment. People with the anxious attachment styles crave intimacy and seek out constant reassurances from their partners. Mm -hmm. They often have a negative view of themselves and a positive view of their partners. They may worry that their partner will leave them.
0: Mm, Mm -hmm. Been there.
1: Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) Um, The avoidant dismissive attachment. People with avoidant attachment styles tend to avoid intimacy and emotional closeness. They may have a positive view of themselves, but a negative view of their partners, and they often value independence and self-sufficiency.
0: Yeah, those anxious and avoidant people
1: always end up. <laughs> it's like oh we found each other and they're gonna be like and then it's like oh i'm anxious like reassure me and the avoidant prince is like can you move away And you're like please just reassure me oh
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i dated a lot of this mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i yeah i've been on all the sides yeah. and then
1: there's fearful avoidant attachment people with fearful attachment styles have a mixture of Anxious and avoidant traits, and they may crave intimacy but also fear rejection and have a negative view of themselves and their partners. And they may struggle to communicate their needs and emotions effectively, and may have a tendency to withdraw from relationships. Why are they attacking me? Now? You know?
0: Oh my gosh! So this just kind of describes what your attachment style is and what it could have been with that person. Mm-hmm. And So what I would like to say is, why do we get attached? And to answer that question, especially when they're not good for us, Mm -hmm. is the imagination needs to fill in blanks. And so when you start to fantasize and want a certain future with someone, the sooner it gets cut off or the sooner it doesn't fulfill that, your brain's trying to make it make sense, which is why you'll go, wow, you know. I dated a person for two months and was sprung on them for like five years. Mm-hmm. And it was this this like, well, what could it be? Or like, what would our lives be together if we ended up together? Mm-hmm. Or it could have been so good. And you're making up this fantasy that just obviously didn't happen. So it may not happen. There are outliers. There are unicorns that like those people are like, oh, I remet my sixth grade sweetheart, and now we're married. You know, that Mm -hmm. certainly does happen. And real talk, you something happened, your new relationship energy kicked up, the oxytocin kicked in, you got addicted, hooked on those chemicals. Mm. And now that that person isn't there, you're wondering what if. And if you have not worked on what it is, like your own self-worth issues might actually make you really attached to someone who doesn't want to be with you. Oh, I've been hit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: When I was in this long situationship with um Yeah, with a person for like eight eight ish years, um, yeah. I was definitely it was like a mix, I feel like it was cycles. It would be like, I'm feeling very anxious and like, give me all this reassurance, and they're very avoidant. And then as soon as they beat into me, I'd be like, <laughs> don't talk to me <laughs> like yeah. i'd be like i'm so avoidant and da 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 and then the fearful of like it's just a mix of chaos and i just don't know what how people are gonna react so like let's just jump
0: around in it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah i would find myself in the avoidant uh, dismissive attachment when mm. people uh, were super into me mm I'd be like, oh, almost like, ew! What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like, mm, no, that's like, you like me. There's something going on. There's there. something wrong with <laughs> you. There's something wrong with you. And when I was in anxious attachment, I would get the avoidant ones and always like feel stuck in this unrequited love situation. Oh yeah. And I think that kind of speaks into what Sarah's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we get stuck on the ones that we know are not right mm-hmm. for for us? Mm-hmm. And I think that what it comes down to is this, first of all, we're we're playing out the cycles from our childhood. Yeah. So it's good to, you can take an assessment test mm-hmm. uh, to find out which style you're predominantly right now and, and know that these can change.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. When we first started off dating, I was definitely more anxious attachment. I was just like, oh gosh, like, what does this mean? She has plans with someone else. Like, what do I do? <laughs> And now I'm, I'm glad to say I feel secure, and the test would agree that I have a secure attachment style, where yeah. I'm just like, okay, there's a reasonable amount of doing things on my own, and then
0: there's a reasonable amount of like leaning in and yeah. all the things. Yeah. So definitely, and I remember that we've we've also discussed this, but this was actually us playing out these patterns. Mm-hmm. But I was being. Pretty attentive to Brit early mm-hmm. on, and she she was like, "I need space." Okay, oh, yeah. and and I was like, "Okay." So you know, I'd really I'd, I'd been doing my work on myself, and I was like, "Okay." Apparently, I'm I'm being smothering toward this person. <laughs> At least that's the, the feedback I'm getting. So I'm gonna take it, and I gave her space. And then like within a few days, she was like, "Huh? Ah, and never mind. I changed my mind I changed this. My mind. That's <laughs> too much space." <laughs> it was it
1: was oh you know when you're re going through these patterns and then you're starting to realize like what is actually going on here like what are the underlying roots and then and then you start to be like well people say you date your parents and i don't think that's true but then when you look at the dynamics and the way that you might be interacting with people you're like "Mm, that is a hundred percent my father (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. I, well, my mom was incredibly attentive, mm-hmm. and she also had five other kids. Yeah. So there was there was this definitely, like, this mix of I'm so there for you when I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. And, and then there were times that there was just a lot of nights she wasn't home mm-hmm. because she was, off, she was off at work mm-hmm. with her gambling addiction. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes. and so that was this thing of, mm-hmm. like, uh, like I was so attached to my mom, and mm-hmm. then she would leave every night. And then I I remember having these, like, mini panic attacks of, like, mm-hmm. <sighs> when she coming home, like, she always comes home too, too late and all these things. And yeah. I definitely found myself playing out these patterns as an adult where, Ooh. like, oh, and especially being poly, like, my partner's on a date with someone else. What if they kill her? <laughs> So, yeah, oh, it, man, gosh. it's it's wild to, to, when you start to see these things and, and realize how you're operating. It's, it's that first level of awareness of mm-hmm. where am I? Where did this come from? And how can I break these patterns? How can I find someone I can be securely attached with? Yes. You know, how can I run that pattern with someone?
1: Yes. I also do want to shout out a resource. A lot of attachment style books are very hetero monogamous focused. And so I found this amazing resource called Polysecure by Jessica Fern, which is a beautiful, amazing, amazing book. And she gives a lot of resources. And as someone who practices consensual non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy, whatever you want to call it, um, I found this to be an amazing resource that really had a lot more spaciousness than the things that the other books were suggesting. So hot tip on that. A lot of mindfulness exercises so you can get to the root of what is coming up for you. It's crazy how we realize some of these things show up because it's like, what am I getting from this situation? Mm -hmm. And as someone who had a caretaker who was on, as I would perceive it, neglectful side and not neglectful like well, there was there was there was a range, but <laughs> um, there was my father was a bit more neglectful and like oh I forgot to feed them or oh I forgot I left them there. But then my mm. mom was more in the like I am working, so and I have three children, so like I am doing everything and the best I can and like. As a ch- as a little person, sometimes, I mean, you just take shit personal yeah. and it's like, oh my God, she's working. I'm not as important as work, which means I have to take care of myself. I have to have as few needs as possible so that she knows that I'm good because I don't know if she'll be able to meet my needs. Can't trust it. Yeah. don't want to put myself out there yeah. and I would show up in these ways of like well let me date this person I don't know if I can trust them to make a reservation so I better do it I don't know if I can trust them to show up to so I better do it I better mm. be this self sufficient person and so you start to like play out these dynamics yeah. and so I want to ask you I know you said that you know that this person is wrong for you for all the reasons but like what is it that you're getting by being with this wrong person.
0: Yeah. There's something there. There's some story that you're playing out. Mm-hmm. There's some pattern that you're playing out and you, you're, you're getting something. So bringing that awareness, asking those questions is is going to be pivotal.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Once we get to the root of these things. So this is vulnerable, but <laughs> so I was with in that situationship with uh, this person and it was just going on forever. Like all my friends were like, this person's fucking sucks. Like (laughs) why? And I overheard from a friend what another friend said about me when they heard I was back sleeping with this person. They're like, I didn't know Britt hated herself so much. And it was like, Oh, that is so brutal. And that was, it was true, but Mm -hmm. it like hit me in this, it was a very illumin. It was a it was a gift wrapped in sandpaper. Like boy, oh boy, did it hurt! But that was a gift because I was like, oh my god, you have put words to what it what is happening, yeah. and like now I can see it, and I can see it with this person. I can see it in the kind of jobs that I'm working. I can see it in certain people who I'm choosing to have in my inner circle. Like yeah. I am seeing it everywhere. I mean, it was like he fucking turned on the lights in this house, and I was just like, okay, now. Now, let's work on the real issue. Why did I hate myself? Yeah. What was the root of that? Yeah. And let's get up, like, and then once I healed that piece, oh, it was so easy to let go of the same. It was like, pew, pew, pew. it was like, you're not good enough for me. Like, this isn't good enough for me. Like, I changed the way I felt about myself. Yeah. And then I wasn't vibrating there anymore. And then I didn't want those things anymore.
0: Yeah. 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 I, the, The hating yourself piece, Mm -hmm. what my story that I was playing out over and over again was not enough, Mm. not good enough. Mm. And so I would find myself dating straight women, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then wondering why they didn't want to end up with me, Mm. you know, and so it was constantly playing that cycle and then just being hung up on them forever Mm -hmm. you know I had a two-month relationship that I was like hung up on for five years and I was just like heartbroken and wondering why and it just got to it was a feedback loop of this unworthiness this not good enough story just playing over and over and over again and it wasn't until I let go of that story that I started to pull in you know love that was reflecting love back to me yeah yeah it was was something else but that that soul-searching of what's that story? Why, mm-hmm. like you want to know why there's something that's being played out, and we encourage you to find out what's that deep root and mm-hmm. it can be released. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it change does happen and it can be released, but the first step is awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely, yeah.
1: And I would encourage you as you're doing this exploration work to be gentle and compassionate with yourself. There is a part of you that is reenacting this pattern either because it's like this is what feels like love Mm -hmm. This is what feels familiar. This is what feels safe. This is giving me something that I need that you don't even maybe consciously know that you need. So let's bring care and kindness and compassion to yourself as you start to ask yourself these questions and how can you set yourself up to be supported? Is it I'm going to work with a therapist? Is it I'm going to do an LP with Lisette? Is it uh, for me, one of the most healing medicines was dance. It was so freeing to be able to express myself in a language that didn't have any words, you know, and I was able to be witnessed and be seen and move through some of these feelings. And yeah, there was, there were no words to communicate what was happening, but dance was game changer for me.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, this was such a, such a rich question because it's, you're not alone. You know, Mm -hmm. we have been there and, and, it's it's a lifelong journey. Like when we're dating someone else, they are they're there to reflect back to us like what our triggers are, what our wounds are, and we're we're never done. I say as long as we're breathing, as long as our blood is pumping, there's there's always some some somewhere to be and some way that you can expand and returning that love to yourself. Is going to be pivotal, and like when you're loving yourself, that's that's that secure attachment. You know that your needs can be given to you, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be met either way. And when when you have that self love, you won't put up with someone who isn't loving you or not showing your worthiness. You Mm -hmm. know, like I, I had to get rid of not enough to. And I had to let go of not enough to see someone who sees me as more than enough. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. This one over here <laughs> feeds back to me all the all the things. Same, constantly. Yeah, I just I I feel it, and I can receive it. You know, because mm-hmm. there were there's been other people who were into me, and and they were telling me how great I was, but I wasn't hearing it. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so it it took me putting that in first for me to be able to receive it from this guy. This guy, (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much for calling in.
1: Yeah, this is a beautiful, beautiful question. We're holding you in love and light as you keep continuing to dive into yourself and ask yourself these questions, and we are here to support you in whatever way that we can. Feel free to continue to call us if you have more questions. And for everyone out there, if you're like, huh, this made me think about this, <laughs> yeah, or I've been thinking about this, and I just want to know what they think, yeah. um, give, give us a us call. call. Yeah. yeah, 971-895-4111, or you can send us an email at thekings at honestfeedbackpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. And until we meet again and get to answer your next lovely question be honest with each other. Bye.